Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am your host, Elizabeth Benton Thompson. If you want to create change in any area of your life, you're in the right place. Together, we'll explore the strategies and tools I've used to lose over 100 pounds, pay off $130,000 in debt, and become a multiple seven-figure business owner. I've supported more than 3,000 women to levels of execution and fulfillment they didn't know were possible. Together, we'll break your past patterns and eliminate the appeal of your excuses so you can get consistent, stay consistent, create the results you want, and enjoy the journey. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. We are going to be talking about fat loss today. And most of you guys know, if you've been listening to recent episodes, that I am currently trying to take off the weight that I gained in pregnancy one, two, and three, 2020, 2021, 2022. Um, you know, I would have loved to have lost all the pregnancy weight before getting pregnant again, but you know what? Grateful for the pregnancies regardless of how the weight thing played out. And I'm honestly, you know, what's cool about being in a fat loss phase again is I have a greater appreciation for it. I think the last time when I lost over 100 pounds, I was just in such a hurry, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But the thing about being in a hurry for me at that time, at least, is that I didn't enjoy the process. I certainly enjoyed the results, but I didn't have an appreciation for the process. I certainly was just just focused on the end goal and very... Um, very anxious to get there. And this time I don't feel like I'm in a rush. And I've learned so many tools that I'm I'm just looking forward to using them in in this phase. But all of that aside, we're going to get practical. We're going to get nitty gritty. And I narrowed down my approach to the top 10 things that really matter to me. And listen, if you are hearing this and you're just starting out in your own fat loss phase, please know that you do not have to start doing all 10 at once. In fact, I would not recommend that at all. You can pick one and work on it until it feels comfortable and then and only then add more. Or you might find that three or four of these you're already doing, you're already really comfortable with, but there's a couple that appeal to you, or you might be on a totally different journey and all of it is totally okay. But let's dive in. I just got Roman to bed, so I'm ready to rock and roll. I've got the monitor on mute because he's still kind of <laughs> talking to himself. Uh, <laughs> so if you hear anything, you might be hearing them from his room. Okay, the first of my 10 tips for fat loss that these are things I'm following now in an active fat loss phase after the twins were born. The first is focus more on eating better than you do on eating less. One of my big challenges in my past history with yo-yo dieting and things like that is that I would put myself in a position where I was genuinely really, really hungry all the time. And I think we all know that makes it a lot more 
difficult. And I felt this, I felt that it was necessary to completely eliminate any kind of junk. And I don't feel that way now because, and I don't, I don't even think I felt that way when I lost the hundred pounds. I certainly cleaned things up a whole lot, but I want to comfortably enjoy the things that I, that I like every once in a while in a way that still aligns with my health goals and my fat loss goals. Especially if you're feeling like you have a long way to go in terms of progress around nutrition, just eat better. Even if you're eating more, right? So what I mean by that is, even if you're having a huge bowl of popcorn at the end of the night, focus instead of on getting rid of the popcorn that you have at 10 o'clock at night while you watch TV and stay up too late, focus on having more protein, focus on eating more vegetables, focus on maybe less fast food, more quality foods versus fewer foods overall. Even if at first it means you're eating more because you haven't yet removed the processed foods, the treats, the indulgences, have the focus be eating better instead of having the focus be eating less. This is an interesting one for me right now because I'm still pumping for twins and breastfeeding. I breastfeed Charlie. Piper doesn't really love to latch right now, but we're working on it. But I still pump, I don't know, six to 10 times a day in addition to putting Charlie to breast. So eating less isn't always really the best option for me right now to keep my milk supply up. But even when I have moments where I'm like, oh, this is so frustrating. What's the point? I mean, I have, I can't really make the changes that I would love to make for fat loss because I'm nursing. But I remind myself, you can always eat better. Even if you're not eating less, because sometimes for me right now, eating less means a drop in my supply. I can still eat better. I can still eat cleaner. I can still focus on quality And we all can. So focus more on eating better than you do on eating less. The second one is lead with protein. Lead with protein. Most people, especially overweight people, are not getting enough protein. And that's one of the reasons that when they start to clean up what they eat, maybe there's fewer processed foods and there's fewer starches and sugars. They're really hungry And that generally is because they're not getting anywhere near enough protein. Now, there's a million different ways to kind of figure out how many grams a day-ish you should get. And they really vary because if we're talking about lean individuals or if we're talking about overweight individuals, it's going to be different. Like if we're talking about lean individuals, we could roughly say like one gram of protein per pound of body weight. But if you're 100 pounds overweight, that doesn't hold true. So then you can kind of guess like, well, maybe one gram per... um, ideal body weight pound. But if you're really overweight, you probably need even more than that. But I don't want to go down that path because I don't even count grams of protein and I don't think you should either. Keep it simple by making sure that every meal and snack is protein forward. What I mean by that is if you're having um, a plate of pasta with some grilled chicken, If the pasta is greater in quantity, greater in volume than the chicken, then that's a carb-forward meal. But if there's 
more chicken than there is pasta, then that's likely a protein forward meal. Okay. So have it be protein forward. Let's think of of an example. What did I have for breakfast this morning? So this morning I had bacon, eggs, avocado. Because of the volume of the eggs compared to the volume of avocado or bacon, it was protein forward. Because there was significantly more egg than there was bacon or avocado, that's protein forward. Um, Dinner tonight was really interesting. Okay, so we did a charcuterie board for dinner tonight because we didn't feel like cooking. And that tends to be pretty fat focused. So we had some meat that was like a fattier meat. We had a couple of different kinds of cheese. We had an apple, um, macadamia nuts. With the exception of, of the apple, those are all like fat forward. So what I did was I grabbed some leftover chicken from the fridge and I just cut it up and ate it first. It wasn't part of the charcuterie board, but I wanted to make sure that before I went kind of more towards the fats side of the spectrum, I was leading with protein. Another way that I'll do this, if it's a meal that is a little more fat forward, or even if it's a meal that maybe is a little more carb forward or veggie heavy, I'll do a protein shake and I'll drink the protein shake first. Recently, I talked about this. Well, probably wasn't all that recent. It feels recent. Shortly before the twins were born, we had some friends over and they ended up ordering pizza. And there's no problem with that, but I still want to make sure it's a protein forward meal. So what I did was I mixed up a protein shake, drank that first, then had a slice of pizza. I want to make sure that it's always protein forward. From there, mostly protein and veg, then fat, then carbs. I like to treat the carbohydrate more like a side, which is very different for me because I grew up in a household where, you know, when I was a kid, it was cereal for breakfast that's carbohydrate, you know? Um, We had pasta for dinner and sure there might've been some meat, but it was very much carb forward and protein was more of a side. Switch that up. No matter what you're having, even if you're doing the pasta or the rice or whatever, just make sure that it's protein forward and that, you know, your protein and veg are the most dominant, then fat, then carb. Okay lead with protein. The third thing around indulgences. If you're going to indulge, indulge after fueling well. So let's say that I just have a, a craving, let's use the pizza example. Let's say I'm just really wanting pizza. Cool. I can have pizza, but I'm going to have the pizza only after I've really fueled my body well. So What that means when we order pizza out, because we don't make pizza. Do people make pizza? We're not those people. We order pizza. What I would do is either order or make a big salad with a lot of chicken or in the kind of impromptu situation that happened over the summer, have a protein shake. But more often, if I'm going to indulge, I want to make sure that I've met those needs first. So that's going to be salad, lots of chicken, and then I have the pizza. Or if I really want to have some ice cream, Cool, but I'm going to make sure that I really fuel my body well first. Protein, veg, quality clean fats, then have the ice cream. No big deal. The other piece about indulgences is make sure it's worth it. Make sure it's worth it. If you start evaluating, is this really worth it? You'll probably be quick to find that most things are not worth it. Most things 
are not worth it. The indulgence is just not worth it. It's average or below average. And even if you try it, you take a bite or two bites or three bites, keep asking yourself, is it worth it? Because maybe you think it's worth it and then you try it and you're like, oh, no, it's not worth it. The other thing I'll say about indulgences, and I did, uh, I talked about this in an episode I did on blood sugar a while back. Have the indulgence immediately after a meal, not as a snack or in between meals. From a blood sugar standpoint, that's going to be a whole lot better for you. So not only fuel yourself well to make sure you're giving your body what it needs before you indulge, but also from a blood sugar standpoint, have that quality clean meal with proteins and veggies and some fat before the indulgence and not, you know, not separated by hours. Make sure it's worth it. The fourth, and this is big, absolutely zero drama. No drama. No drama. Zero. None. No tolerance for any drama. And drama could be, oh my gosh, I screwed up. I overate. I said I wasn't going to do this, but I did. I said that I was going to XYZ and I didn't. I've had two or three days where I've just been off the rails. No drama, no judgment, no woe is me, no beating myself up, no why do I always do this, no what's wrong with me, here we go again, I'm never going to get, none of it, none of it. Immediately return to your next best choice, no drama, immediately return to your next best choice. One of the ways that drama shows up a lot is I'll do better tomorrow, I'll do better tomorrow, it's drama. Because it's got nothing to do with today. Leave tomorrow out of it. You want to have a great day tomorrow? Awesome. Have a great day tomorrow. But don't manipulate yourself into using some future promise to give you a pass for now. No, that's drama. No drama. Absolutely, positively, zero drama. The end. No drama. The fifth tip, and this is a great one for holidays as well. Wear fitted clothes regularly. I know we're in this world of like leggings and they can be dressed up or dressed down. Don't do it. If you're trying to lose weight, sure. I'm the first. I I wear my leggings and my Viore joggers when I'm working out, but I put on something fitted every day by choice. Even if I'm not going anywhere and I'm covered in spit up and my jeans are dirty, I put them on. For me, that's jeans. I've got a couple of pairs of jeans that are fitted and I put them on every day because you got to know what's going on with your body. And it's just very easy to ignore it or avoid it if you're wearing leggings and joggers all the time. Wear fitted clothes often. If not daily, at least a few times a week. You can have a set pair of jeans or a blazer or whatever. This is, I think, what really got me in my pregnancies and why I gained more weight than I would have liked to in all three of my pregnancies. Mm, Not as much with my first, well, no, probably in all three. The maternity clothes. I just, you know, with, with my belly growing, obviously you're like, oh, it's my belly. But if I had thought to then put on a specific blazer, once a week or something, you know, something that would tell, give me feedback on other areas of my body. Because look, 
a lot of pregnant women don't just gain in their belly. I wasn't one of those women that just gained in my belly. But I still want to have that feedback. Not because, oh, geez, I need to lose weight while I'm pregnant. No, of course not. But I, I wish that I had had more awareness of where and how my body was changing in my pregnancies. And I think that that would have just been a, a really good low pressure feedback system to maybe, you know, dial it back a little bit and be be more cautious, more more deliberate in my food choices. Um, and I think I was just a little bit too casual with that in my pregnancies in hindsight. And, you know, again, it is what it is. No big deal. That's just something I carry forward if I were to ever get pregnant again, um, something that I would do differently. So wear fitted clothes. Sixth tip. And this, again, these are all things that I am implementing now in this postpartum fat loss phase. Write it down. Write it down. If you bite it, write it, write it down. I don't count calories. I don't count macros. I don't do any of that stuff. But you better believe that I write down what I eat because that, a lot of times people will tell me, I didn't even really think about it. You know, I just sort of did it and I wasn't really thinking about it or I didn't think about it until afterwards or it seems like I'm eating on autopilot or unconsciously. You would be amazed at the awareness that you bring to your choices when you're in the habit of writing everything down. It can take a while for it to really be there most of the time, but get in that habit. Write it down. I don't measure anything. You know, I'm not getting out the teaspoons or anything when I'm putting butter in the pan to saute asparagus, but I'm just writing down asparagus, chicken thighs. I'm not like two chicken thighs, three chicken thighs. Nope. I just write it down very high level. It is for the purpose of training myself to pay attention to my choices as I make them. It's not anything that takes a lot of time. It probably takes me less than two minutes total in a day. Write it down. Write it down. Write it down. Write it down. The seventh thing, move as much as you can. And for some of you, that could be working out. For some of you, that might not include working out because you're not ready to add that. But still, even if you're not formally exercising and you don't have exercise equipment or you don't belong to a gym and you don't want to add that, move as much as you can. Sitting is really, truly the new smoking. Sitting is not good for us. It is not. So whether that means you are walking around your house more, or you are just mindful of how much time you're spending on the couch, stand up, stop sitting, move as much as you can. Maybe you do some air squats in the living room. Maybe you do a few push-ups against the wall. Maybe this means going for a walk every day. It doesn't matter what it is, but be mindful of how much time you're sitting on your butt and move as much as you can. Really, truly, like I, I eventually will do an episode on sitting being the new smoking and the science behind all of the things that are linked to sitting for prolonged periods of time and those who sit more versus those who are more active. Move as much as you can. That does not have to be exercise. Whether you exercise or not, move as much as you can. The eighth tip, focus on getting strong not on getting skinny. One, 
will mess up your metabolism, right? That focus on getting skinny very likely is going to jack up your metabolism. The other focusing on getting strong will optimize your metabolism. None of you are going to get bulky. You're not. We're not made that way. You would have to work so freaking hard to get bulky or take performance-enhancing drugs, but, but probably work really, really, really hard. People work their butts off to put on muscle. When people start working out, especially with weights, and then they feel like, oh, no, I'm bulking up. Dude, you're eating too much. That's fat, right? What happens when we get strong and we put on muscle is that our bodies require more energy, right? Because muscle is more metabolically active than fat. So it requires more energy. That means we're burning more calories. It means we process carbohydrates more efficiently. It means we're healthier, right? It means we can save ourselves. It is health insurance. Seriously, muscle as we get older is health insurance. So focus on getting strong, not on getting skinny. If you don't know much about lifting weights, get a trainer. Even if you work with them for two months to learn the basics and to get a few moves down that you can do comfortably, do that. I don't belong to a gym. I work out at home. I've got dumbbells, right? I have a lot of experience with trainers, so I feel comfortable with that. If you're not comfortable with that, get comfortable this is health insurance. Muscle is health insurance. So find a way. Focus on getting strong, not on getting skinny. Getting strong is going to do amazing things for your metabolism, your physique, your longevity, your immunity, your mental health. Oh my gosh, seriously, especially your mental health. If, this is number nine, if you're bored or emotional at night and this is when you find yourself eating or drinking or both, go to bed go to bed. Go to bed. The show will be there tomorrow. Go to bed. This was huge for me when I first lost over 100 pounds because I was one of those people that the majority of my overeating would be after dinner. And I would stay up and I would watch TV and I would eat and I didn't want to go to bed because I wanted to watch TV and there were shows that I wanted to watch. They'll be there tomorrow. They'll be there tomorrow. Go to bed. That saved me and was one of the biggest lifestyle shifts that I made was going to bed earlier. Sometimes that meant going to bed at eight o'clock at night. Great. Fantastic. The sleep is good for you. And if it helps you break that chain of staying up too late, sitting on your butt too much, watching too much TV, not being a good steward of your time, overeating, go to bed. If that is a time when you struggle, go to bed. I understand not all of us can do that. I've got three little ones right now. I can't just necessarily go to bed. But there are times when, okay, Roman's down. My work is done. Chris has the twins. I want a snack. No, dude, go to bed. If you have this minute and you're thinking about food, go to bed. Go to bed. Tenth and final. Focus always on what you can do, never on what you can't do. You'd love to work out, but you can't because your leg is broken or whatever. I mean, I would argue you still can, but if you think you can't, fine. Don't focus on that. Focus on what you can do. If you can't cook healthy meals seven nights a week, cool. Focus on what you can do. If that means you can cook a healthy meal two nights a week and you can get you know healthy takeout a few nights a week, Great. 
Focus on what you can do, never on what you can't do. We could all write novels about the things that we can't do for one reason or another. Time, money, age, you name it. It doesn't matter. It's not relevant. Focus on what you can do, never on what you can't do. I would love to hear from you if there's something that you would add to this list, something that's really been very successful for you in a weight loss attempt. This is certainly not uh, a finite list. These are just the things that I would say are the biggest and most impactful for me in this phase of fat loss that I'm in. The first is focus more on eating better than you do on eating less. The second is lead with protein. Third, indulge after fueling well. The fourth, absolutely zero drama, zero, none. The fifth is wear fitted clothes. Wear them often. The sixth is write it down. Seven, move as much as you can because sitting really will kill you. The eighth, focus on getting strong, not on getting skinny. Nine, if you're bored or emotional at night and this is a trouble time for you, go to bed. And tenth, focus on what you can do, never on what you can't do. Who else out there is in a fat loss season of life right now? Let me know. Join me over in the Primal Potential Facebook group. We're doing a detox in the beginning of January, so make sure you're in the Facebook group so you get all those details. That'll be fun. Good way to kind of reset our palate and our headspace and all of those good things, our gut at the start of the new year. All right, everybody. Have an amazing evening. Speaking of going to bed, that's where I'm headed. See you soon. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you enjoyed it, make sure to take a few seconds to leave a rating and review on whatever platform you're listening. It not only supports the show in a huge way, but it also automatically enters you into our weekly product giveaway. For more tools, tips, and strategies on creating change, check out my first book, Chasing Cupcakes, and follow me on Instagram at Elizabeth Benton. Remember, every choice is a chance, and I'll see you next time. Whether you're looking to build a website for your business, your hobby, your podcast, or just for fun, Pair Networks is your go-to web hosting partner. Not only do we have the lowest domain price in the industry, starting at just 11 bucks, we've got hundreds of stunning website templates to help you stand out from the crowd. You're not a techie? Not a problem. With our easy DIY site builders, you can launch your impressive website without any technical know-how. And when it comes to security and updates, don't worry, we've got you covered. Our 24-7 U.S.-based customer support is the best in the industry. Check out Pair.com today to learn more. P-A-I-R.com. You love podcasts. The stories, the laughs, the unexpected turns. But when this episode ends, the silence starts. Not anymore. Audiobooks.com turns that silence into your next great adventure. With over 450,000 titles, from bestsellers to hidden gems, your love for listening just found its new best friend. And because you already know the joy of audio, we're giving you three free audiobooks to start your journey. Imagine your favorite podcast, now with unlimited episodes. That's audiobooks.com. Keep the story going. Sign up for your free trial at audiobooks.com slash podcast free today. Because for podcast lovers like you, the end of an episode is just the beginning. That's audiobooks.com slash podcast F-R-E-E.